Ladies and gentlemen, we'll get underway. Uh, it is seven o'clock. Welcome to the July Cabinet meeting. Um, may I take apologies for absence and declarations of interest, please? Yes, Chairman. Um, thank you, um, Councillor Dean, and um, I think that's all I've had, actually. Thank you. Uh, declaration of interest, Chairman, as an Essex County Council, specifically in relationship to item 9. Declaration of interest uh, in respect to uh, the waste strategy in that at Essex I sit on the uh, responsible uh, committee. Okay, thank you. Right, the minutes of the last uh, meeting, uh, were they an accurate record for those that were present? Thank you. Uh, we'll take um, matters arising from those minutes. Um, the first page, which is CA 1 to 3. CA 4 and 5. CA 6. CA 7, 8 and 9. 10, 11, 12. 13, 14, 13 and 14. Ah, interesting. Two CA 13s. There we go. Discovered something. And CA 14. No matters arising from the minutes. And they will be duly signed. Item 4. Questions or statements from non-executive members of the Council. We do have a uh, member of the general public with us tonight, Mr Clark from Broxted, and um, he would like to speak around item 7, so we've agreed that he should do it at that point. Any other questions or statements from non-executive members? There are none. Item 5, matters referred to the executive? There are none. Reports from performance and audit and scrutiny committees? At this stage there are no reports. So that brings us on to item 7, Mr Clark. So if you'd like to come up to that position there, you have our full and undivided attention. Mr Chairman, thank you for allowing me to address the Cabinet this evening. My name is Roger Clark and I am Chairman of Broxted Parish Council. I wish to speak to item 7 on the agenda, which is the authorisation of funds for taking direct action to clear land at Brickhen Broxted. The papers you have clearly explain that the landowner has failed to comply with the two enforcement orders requiring him to clear the land of various buildings, shipping containers and vehicles, including a noisy old JCB and a dumper truck. The immediate benefit that we will obtain by having the land cleared is that it will rid us of an eyesore, which is situated in the middle of Brickend, immediately adjacent to the pub and on the main road into the village. But secondly, and perhaps of greater importance to the local residents, the removal of the sheds, containers and all that they contain will inhibit the nuisances which emanate from the land. These nuisances include the noise of the digger and the dumper truck, the breaking up of the stored vehicles and the frequent and annoying bonfires when waste brought onto the land and the remains of the dismantled cars are burnt, often with noxious black smoke.
These nuisances occur weekdays, weekends and often well into the evening. Neighbours of the field have suffered intolerably for more than three years and it is to be hoped that the action now being planned by the enforcement team will bring them some relief. So for these two reasons, sir, I urge you to approve this expenditure. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed, uh, Mr Clark. Um, and uh, I'm sure Ms. Uh, Councillor Howell will talk to that, uh, and I call him to do so now. Thank you, Leader. And, and can I thank Councillor Clark um, from Broxford Parish Council for giving some of the history and background to this. Um, there is clearly quite a, a history to the proposal. Um, I drive past it regularly and I'm, I'm familiar with, with the site, uh, less so than the immediate neighbours, but I'm sure it's familiar to, to many people here as well. The proposal in front of the Cabinet to, tonight is to authorise funds for a total of £16,000 plus VAT for professional certified enforcement agent, agent and investigator to take direct action to clear land at Brickend in Broxted. The financial implications are quite clear and I do need to draw your attention to, to item 3 on the paper which is that there is no guarantee of its recoverability um, but the, although it has not been budgeted the expenditure can be transferred from resources. The paper sets out the situation in notes 1 to, to 14 and Mr Clark has set out that history quite extensively and you'll read that there have been numerous attempts over the years to resolve this matter. Um, prosecution and injunctions are the Council's preferred method for securing compliance and it's not something we would normally do but it is my view that officers have exhausted all reasonable options to resolve this and we are pursuing this option really as a last resort. I want to make it quite clear that this in my opinion does not set a precedent to enforcement action of this nature, we will prosecute and seek injunction, injunctions when appropriate and we will only go down this route as a very last resort. However, it is important that the Council is willing and is willing and is seen to be willing to act firmly in situations such as this. And so for these reasons, I <coughs> propose the recommendation to Cabinet. Thank you. Councillor Howell, do I have a seconder to that? Councillor Redfern, thank you. Does anybody wish to comment? Councillor Lodge. Thank you, Chair. I just wondered what the extent and the value of the land was. Is it part of a larger whole? Are we likely to be able to recover this, do you feel? It's a very good question. Um, if you're familiar with it, you'll know that it's a relatively small patch of land. Um, and there is a map there. I'm not sure that we've had a valuation done. Um, I, I, I suppose we could ask Mr. <coughs> Mr. Perry for his view. Um, it is agricultural land. Uh, it is not development land, so it would be valued as agricultural land. We have placed a charge on the land. I don't know what the gentleman's circumstances are. Um, I, I do need to flag that there is no guarantee that we will recover this money, but we will do everything we can to ensure that we recover it, and certainly as much of it as we can. Any other comments? Okay, those in favour of the recommendation that we approve the expenditure? Unanimous. Thank you. Item 8. 
Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Clark. We'll get on with it. Thank you. Um, item 8, Councillor Redfern Allocations Policy. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I'm bringing back here a few alterations to the allocations policy that we implemented back in um, January. Um, most, these are just minor alterations. It's just that we made some quite dramatic changes in January and as you start to work with these things um, it becomes apparent that perhaps we've um, missed one or two items. So I'll just go through them with you. Um, we're um, incorporating the new government legislation on the right to move which can be found in Appendix 3 and this gives priority to um, social housing tenants who wish to move to this area to take up employment. There is a strict criteria for this for someone to be eligible and we don't expect it to be um, used a great deal but we do need to add it into our policy. Um, we also want to, we have a, uh, an, an anomaly that we didn't pick up when we first um, took this through Housing Board that you could, um, we, if, you worked with it, with outside, if you worked within the district but lived outside of the district, you could um, go onto our housing register after two years of working in the district. When, if you lived in the district and worked in the district, you couldn't go on for three years. So what we want to do is just um, make that fair, that it's, it's three years on um, both items. Um, also, the wording um, around um, uh, exception sites, we want to um, change that slightly and um, this has been agreed with um, Hasto Housing who are our main um, housing association that we use for um, exception sites and this has um, also been looked at by our legal team. Um, there's one other alteration and that's clarification around the wording when tenants are when we have tenants who when they were allocated their property they were allocated a flat um, they don't really have the opportunity or didn't have the opportunity to easily move out of a flat into a house but you could join our allocations um, list and you might be lucky and be someone that did end up with a house so we wanted to make it if we've got good tenants that want to move from a flat to a house there is a way for them to move, to move around in the system so this is also just a bit of clarification on the wording of um, of that um, which is um, paragraph 8.24 um, they are the only changes really to the allocations policy that we did before and as usual this has been to the tenants forum and the housing board before it's come here so I would just like to um, ask members to support the recommendations that cabinet agrees the following amendments incorporate the right to move in the allocations policy equalize the qualification period for residents and employment within the district to three years add clarification that tenants have have to have lived in a flat for more than two years and have conducted their tenancy in a satisfactory manner to be able to move and add clarification on the eligibility criteria on the allocations of properties on rural exception sites. Thank you very much. Do I have a, sec a seconder to that? Councillor Wells, thank you. Anybody wish to comment? Councillor Lodge. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Hopefully a couple of minor points. I was interested in, in the, the decision to, to um, 
uh, give one band higher preference here. And I wonder why that was chosen. Um, was this in line with nat national guidance? Sorry, part one of the question. Part two, what is the mechanism for restricting it to 1% of the total? It seems to me it's possible to go over, but you seem very confident that you can. I'm really sorry, Councillor Lodge. Can you just repeat the first part of your question? You well, I was being <laughs> tweaked at in my ear here, and um, I just missed the very first bit. I'm so sorry. Yeah, and it's just that um, you, 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 you chose, presumably at the Housing Board, you chose to give them one, one band preference. And I wonder whether that was national guidance itself, whether that was a decision taken solely by this council, and what the background was to that. Yes. Okay, fine. Yeah, I didn't make that clear. I thought it may well have been. And the second point is, how are you confident you can restrict it to one percent? It seems that it could it could go over, couldn't it? Technically, if, if lots of people want to move in. Yeah. Well, I will let um, Judith answer that because I don't know the answer. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yes, again, that was something that we are allowed to put in, that we can restrict it to 1%. So if we've done 1%, then we can say, no, we're not taking... Yeah, we can just put a cut-off then at that point, and that was part of the national guidelines. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Judith. Any other questions? Sorry, Chairman, if I could just say there is... Um there is an alteration that we need to make to the wording, and that is um, on the item that is about 106 agreements. We've got in there um, planning agreement, and it needs to be planning obligation. What page are you on? We are on, hold on page, 68. page 68. Which paragraph? First, it's... It's the second paragraph on page 68, and it says, um, in the second um, line, it says, and a planning agreement specifies a local connection. And then a couple of lines down, it says, set out a planning agreement. That should be planning obligation, not planning agreement. So if I could just ask okay. for that wording to be slightly amended, please. Okay, we'll note that in the minutes. Everybody happy with that? All those in favour of the recommendation as read out, item 4A, B, C and D. Those in favour, carried unanimously. Thank you. Item 9, Councillor Barker, Replacement Essex Waste Local Plan that came to Planning Policy Working Group. Thank you, Thank Chairman. Thank you very much, ladies. Chairman, as you are aware, the County Council is consulting on a revised preferred approach and sustainability appraisal to its Replacement Local Waste Plan. Essex County Council is required to provide sufficient sites for recycling and disposal of commercial and industrial waste, and this consultation seeks to find suitable sites for this purpose. This matter was discussed last week by the Planning Policy Working Group, which looked at the four proposed sites in Uttlesford and supported the attached response. The consultation sets out several strategic objectives, and the Working Group thought that the principle of self-sufficiency should not extend to hazardous waste if other more suitable alternatives were available through the duty to cooperate. I would briefly like to mention the specific sites in Uttlesford. Crump's Farm at Little Canfield is proposed for recycling of inert waste, the Council has felt that it was sensible, more sensible, to look at existing mineral sites rather than a site allocated in the minerals plan. Little Bullock's Farm, where recycling and landfill of inert weight are proposed. Here there are concerns about the existing access to the site over a weight-restricted bridge over the Flitch Way. Again, consideration should be given to the use of existing mineral sites rather than new sites to reduce the impact on the environment. 
Little Bullock's Farm where recycling of inert waste and landfill of asbestos type waste. Councillors were again concerned about the existing access to the site over weight restricted bridges. They also questioned why the County Council had not considered any other sites and feel that geographically this site is not well placed to serve the whole of Essex. The issue of the cumulative impact of the whole of the Crump's Farm, Little Bullock's Farm uh, proposals were phrased as this includes with inert recycling, inert landfill and mineral extraction. At Elsenham, a site at Gaunt's End is proposed to be allocated for recycling of inert waste. Once again, councillors felt that the use of existing sites should be considered ahead of a greenfield site. I have today received several emails from residents in Elsenham and they bring up many issues about this particular site. The site is adjacent to the church, which is Grade 1 listed, 250 yards away. The Greenfield site is in the Countryside Protection Zone. It's part of a historic or adjacent to the historic park and gardens. The site is bisected by a road over which the general public travel to the adjoining Elsenham Golf Club and to a residence and holiday cottages. The DeSalis Hotel with 50 bedrooms adjoins the site to the east. The Tricells development and others are immediately to the south of this site. There are two Grade 2 listed properties within the 100 metre radius and many more within the 250 metre radius. They point out, as we have as well, that there is an existing inert waste recycling yard at Loppingdales, only 650 metres to the east of the site. And this consistently handles 90,000 tonnes per year and could be expanded. The Elstenham Sand and Gravel Quarry, accessed through this site, is nearing the end of its life and the current restoration could be adapted to allow it to operate as a waste recycling facility without significant additional environmental social effects. Uh, further sites include the Great Dunmo Waste Transfer Station. Um, this is allocated as protected for waste use, and we must ensure that any intensification of use, if feasible, would have to be carefully considered here, ensuring there's no detriment to the surrounding areas. The document goes on to consider including the Ashton Road Commercial Centre as a reserve area of search. In considering this site, ECC officers have not taken account of the planning permission for housing and a new region store, so they will be asked to reconsider the suitability of this site. Similarly, the site at Start Hill Great Hallingbury has a recent planning consent and there is little ability for the existing buildings to be used for waste recycling. I would ask, Chairman, that the officers do, um, particularly on the Elsenham site, include some of the issues that have been raised by residents there about the proximity to listed buildings and the fact that there are other suitable sites within a few hundred yards that perhaps could be looked at. Thank you, Chairman. I propose the recommendations. Thank you, Councillor Barker. Uh, do we have a seconder? Councillor Howell. Comments? Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, I would like to endorse that there is a site very close by that could actually be made bigger and be used rather than uh, spoil uh, any more of Elsenham. And also, I do have some concerns about traffic, uh, you know, lorries that will be dumping waste uh, coming through the village of Elsenham up um, Grove Hill from Stansted. There is a weight restriction, but uh, it's often um, ignored, and I wouldn't like to see that happen. So, um, assuming this does go ahead, and I don't think it's the most suitable place for it to happen, um, that there would be some kind of restriction on traffic going that way, and they would be going through from the four ashes or something that take me coming down that way towards Elsenham rather than going through the village, if that could be placed on the agenda. 
Um, I think it can certainly be mentioned, and that if the, don't forget this is not a planning application, this is a proposed site allocation, I think any detailed planning application could consider those issues, but we can certainly add it to our response. Thank you. I just wanted to point that out. Thank you. Thanks. Um, now, do you feel, Councillor Barker, that the points you made around uh, Elston were sufficiently picked out um, in our response? Because we covered the little Bullock's um, two applications in some detail at the Planning Policy Working Group, and, and you've detailed those changes. Do you think we've detailed, we've made it clear enough for Elston? Um. I, uh, the, the, the response that we, we have made, um, as the appendix here, does make some references, but I think the, it doesn't particularly uh, pull out the issue of um, listed buildings and things which are within a reasonable distance. There is normally on site substances a 250-yard exclusion, and uh, um, I think I will go back to the officers, if that's all right, and just uh, ask them to add a, a, a few small bits about the proximity of listed buildings and the cumulative impact of... Okay, so with that addition to our response, uh, are members content? Those in favour? Unanimous. Thank you very much indeed. Item 10, Councillor Barker, buildings at risk. Thank you, Chairman. Chairman, over the last few years, you'll be aware that we've worked our way through updating our conservation area appraisals. And with that programme of work mainly complete, officers have commenced this piece of work looking at where our most vulnerable listed buildings are and how we can work with owners to restore them, or at least preserve them. The document details listed buildings at risk that we are aware of, details its listing, the concerns that officers have for the building, and prioritises the property in a hierarchy. Several properties have been prioritised as Category A, meaning they are at immediate risk of further rapid deterioration or loss of fabric, and that no solution has as yet been agreed with the owner. Officers have recently visited all the sites on this list and will look to work with the owners who are responsible for the repair of their own property to plan restoration as appropriate. It is officers' contention that the most urgent priority is Tilty Mill. The current list includes a number of properties such as the Ice House at Manudon, which have now been repaired and can be removed from the list. The second half of the documents is heritage at risk and some of this list relates to landscape rather than buildings. It's a lovely document, Chairman, um, but it is only the start, and I would ask any members that are aware of any historic buildings in their areas to come forward and speak to officers, um, to speak to Barbara Bosworth or um, Jeremy, and, and, and sort of put these, I don't mean Jeremy, uh, Mr Tice, and put these forward so that the officers can consider whether they should be on the list, and indeed I have already mentioned two to the officers. So with that, Chairman, I propose that we... Um, endorse this list in the piece of work that the officers are doing. Do I have a seconder? Councillor Howell. Any comments? Councillor Howell. Leader, if you don't mind, I would like to sp speak to this paper. Um, I, I certainly welcome its publication, and as Councillor Barker says, the work that we did on the conservation areas what well, I think some of the best work that this council has done in the last four years. And uh, I've enjoyed reading those as an example of what is so particularly special and wonderful about this district. I suppose this report is the other side of the coin and um, 
It's actually one of the saddest reports that I think I've read in contrast. Um, I, I take some encouragement from the fact that it's a relatively small number of properties. I'm not belittling that, but there are only 9A properties. And I imagine if we'd done this report 40 or 50 years ago, the situation would have been very different. I well remember growing up, not in this part of the country, but watching local farmers pull down um, what properties which will no doubt be listed now um, without any thought as to their value or their importance to our heritage. Um, I'm also pleased to note that, uh, that, that while attitudes have changed and the numbers relative are, are, are that a number have been removed from the list and so I suppose that's a reflection of house prices and the like. Um, I think there have been two examples in the last four years where the council has used proactively its powers to resolve a, a problem. And the examples that I can think of have been 50 South Road and the property next to the Star, where we took properties that had been abandoned for a long period of time. They aren't listed properties, but we worked closely with their owners to bring them back as, as properties. And, and I understand the proposal that we work with owners, um, but I'm aware that owners have a legal responsibility to maintain listed properties. And I would be interested to know, uh, well, I would, I would like to ask if we could have an update on this report regularly so we can see what progress is being made to persuade owners of their duties and responsibilities, but also to identify what actions we as a council can take for those people who have not taken those responsibilities seriously, because clearly some of these have been allowed to... to to be in this condition for many, many years. I've lived here 24 years. I recognise a number of these from 24 years ago. Um, and, and so when the report comes back, I'd be interested for an update, and I don't want this just noted and filed away. This is a, the start of a process in the same way that the conservation appraisals were a start of a process. Thank you, Councillor Howell. Any other comments? Councillor Lodge. Just to endorse that, I've lived in the district for 45 years now, and if I cast my mind back that period, um, I, anecdotally I would say it was dramatically worse. I think that uh, this has been a very good job. I think we, we're going in the right direction. So well done on that. Okay, I think uh, 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 there may be a category, um, and I'm thinking of the wall around Shawgrove Hall, for example, um, that adjoins the road, uh, which is difficult to enforce but is falling to bits um, in terms of how else we might be proactive with landowners because our powers in some cases may be more limited than others. And I think in terms of the solution, um, we need to be, if the question is there is no resource, then we, we not that we've got necessarily going to provide the resource, but we might want to be um, in a uh, broader in the potential solution um, whether it be fundraising from elsewhere or whether some kind of commercial operation might be included so sometimes these are solutions to retaining um, historic pieces of art if there are no other comments then but we'll certainly endorse the to bring the, this back on a regular basis so we can keep an update councillor redfern Sorry, I just, I just wanted to ask, I don't know who can answer this question, but I just want, one of the things that caught my attention was the, because um, it's in Great Chesterford, but it was um, the sites of the various temples, um, and it's saying it's at risk from um, arable farming. 
and which obviously it is, so I walk past it very regularly, and it is the whole field is farmed. So we've put that it's at risk from arable ploughing, but presumably we, there's nothing we can do about that, is there, or is there? Anybody like to answer that? Mr Taylor. Um, thank you, Chairman. Yes, the, that's in the second half of the report, which are the ones specifically identified by um, Historic England. Um, and there are a number of agricultural areas where there are hidden treasures, if you like, which, which are, are covered. Um, Historic England provides a certain amount of advice to farmers relating to um, how they might use their land in that area. But no, there is nothing that we can necessarily do to stop them ploughing in that area and therefore potentially damaging what's under it. Um, but it's about working with the farmers, providing guidance about how, which different crops might use or potentially you know, putting that, that land into a more of a, a set-aside process. Um, but there are some issues with dealing with some things like the Roman forts that you've identified. Thank you. Those in favour of the recommendation? Unanimous, thank you. Item 11, Councillor Howell, Council Tax Write-off Recovered. Um, well, this is an item to note rather than an item for decision. Um, my view on life is that it rarely turns out to be better than you were expected, so once in a blue moon, I'm delighted to turn out and say that actually it has turned out slightly better than we were expected, expecting. Um, so I welcome this report. It is to note that a council tax debt of £11,839, which Cabinet considered in, in March 2014 uh, and was asked to, to effectively write off, uh, is now recoverable. Um, and I think that's good news. A seconder to the agenda item. We have duly noted. I, I have, uh, I'll just uh, interrupt Cabinet for one moment. The front page of the reporter is that council tax debt hits 2.5 million. I'm sure there is an explanation to this, uh, but uh, perhaps we look forward to that and to putting the residents of Uttlesford clear about the front page of this week's reporter. So, uh, everybody has noted, I don't think there's a vote in here, but we have duly noted. Yes? Okay, thank you very much indeed. Moving on to item... That can't be right. It should be 12, it says 10. Um, it's Council Tax and Housing Benefits Civil Penalties Policy, Councillor Howell. Thank you, Leader. This is an item for decision, um, and the proposal is to implement a, a Council Tax and Housing Benefits Civil Penalties Policy um, for those individuals who fail to advise the Council of a change in their circumstances which affects a discount, a benefit or an exception, uh, or who failed to respond to requests for information relating to, to these allowances. Um, the recommendation is to approve the policy as set out in Appendix 1 uh, attached to the report. You've had the contents of this in, in, for some time, so I won't speak to it in detail, but it is important to, I think, note um, the item 6 on the report, which states that it's not intended to be an additional source of income generation. Um, I chaired the Performance and Audit Committee for four years and, and those who sat on that committee will be well aware of the very considerable challenges and complexities that, um, that are involved in running our benefits service and that there are very significant financial penalties levied, levied by the government on our failure to perform that service effectively. 
Um, this policy is aiming to encourage the prompt notification of changes of circumstances. Um, civil penalties have actually been available to us as, a, as an organisation for a number of years. Um, and the members of the Performance of Audit Committee, of which I chaired, will be well aware of the work we did to try and avoid or, or counteract fraud um, and the considerable work that is done by the Council on ensuring full compliance. Um, I think that it's important that we recognise the work that is done um, to, to, around this, this policy. And it's important to note the, the information or the, the comments made in the bottom of paragraph 10, which says that the protection of the council tax base and the public purse will provide more funding for essential services. So the, the recommendation is set out um, that we introduce a penalties policy. Um, the details are set out on seven in some detail. Um, details of how the penalty will be levied are set out in eight, and also the appeals procedure is set out in nine. So that is the proposal set before you. Thank you, Councillor Howell. Is that a you seconding as well? Mm. Councillor Barker to second, and I think Councillor Barker to speak. Thank you. Um, could I ask, are we allowed, well, are we allowed, what is the methodology by telling people that we now might do this? Is it something we are allowed to include with the information that we send out annually with our council tax reminders? Can it be included on the council tax bill? Can it go in the accompanying leaflet? And I know there are restrictions of what you can or can't put out. But you know, I think it's important that people in special circumstances, you know, if there's been a bereavement or, or something, um, you know, we could consider that as extenuating circumstances. But otherwise, this applies to everybody. And it's beholden on each of us to tell somebody if our circumstances change. But I do think that uh, we should give as much publicity to the fact as we can, and I just wondered what the, the methodology for that was. Well, I, I will um, ask officers to speak in detail to this, if you don't mind, but, but it is certainly my expectation that we will communicate this extensively. Currently, there is an onus on recipients of benefits to, to inform the Council of Change of Circumstance. That is clearly stated in the, the agreement that they have with, with this Council. So they are aware of that obligation, um, and it is communicated. But this change of policy, and particularly the penalties policy, will be implemented over the summer. There will be a communications piece. And we have a one-year run-in, effectively, around this, as well as I understand it from the paper. Mr Webb. Yes, just to set out, um, the bills and letters that go out have had the uh, proviso that penalties could be applied for several years on them. Uh, this, we have never actually done it. This is to formalise that procedure, and we will be doing press release um, shortly to announce it. Thank you. Any other comments? Those in favour of the recommendation laid out at paragraph 2, as presented by Councillor Howell, Unanimous. Thank you very much. Uh, moving on to item 13, assets of community value, Councillor Barker. Thank you, Chairman. We have received a valid request from Birchhanger Parish Council to list three assets of community value. These are the Three Willows Public House, the Birchhanger Social Club and Field, and the Birchhanger Village Sign. Officers have assessed the applications and find that all three sites meet the criteria laid down in the Localism Act. There are some small costs arising from this decision relating to the formal identification and contact with owners and potentially in the case of the village sign in registering a land charge. Chairman, I propose the recommendation that the three assets are registered. Do I have a seconder for that? 
Councillor Redfern. Comments? Councillor Lodge. My comment against the village sign was, really? It meets the criteria, but seems somewhat pointless. Mr Taylor. We are here to judge the submission against the criteria that is set out by government. And nothing more. Okay. Those in favour? Unanimous. Thank you. Item 14. There aren't any other items, so I now move that the, uh, the Cabinet goes into private session. Is that the right term?